What are the key incident response trends for 2011? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. This is part one of a two-part series on incident response, and I'm talking with Georgia Kilcrease, a member of the technical staff in the Enterprise Threat and Vulnerability Management Team within the CERT program at the Software Engineering Institute. Georgia, thanks so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. It's quite a mouthful of putting where my uh, place is in the grand scheme of the universe. Well, that's going to be quite a business card is what I'm thinking. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, Georgia, just to help us out here, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role at the Software Engineering Institute? Okay, sure. I've worked in the CERT program since 1989. Uh, back then, I was involved in helping to build and develop the CERT CC, as we called it back then, uh, as well as serving a number of roles in the program. Uh, for example, I was an incident response coordinator for a while. I was also involved in training as a developer of courses, including uh, as an instructor. And for the last 10 years or so, I managed the team. I led the team um, within the CERT program called the CERT Development Team. That was a team that was focused on helping other organizations build their incident management capabilities. Well, let's talk about incident response. I mean, you certainly have some experience here. What does the term mean today versus how we looked at it in previous years? Okay, well, first, the term incident response is still commonly used today, but often it really means more than just response. In the early days, most of the activities that we were involved in uh, were typically reactive, so they were focused on incident response. Today we actually like to use some expanded terminology that more fully captures the intent. And those terms are incident handling and incident management. So let me describe the differences between those three terms, incident response, incident handling, and incident management. Incident response is the last part of an incident handling process. And it actually comes down to the resolution of incidents or events. So from an historic perspective, incident response was just that, responding to an incident. Once it happened or it was detected, you reacted to the situation. But looking only at the response part of the process misses the key action, which if not done in a timely and consistent or quality-driven manner will impact the overall response. So possibly delaying actions due to confusion and roles and responsibilities that people may have ownership of the data and system, and even the authority to take an action. And furthermore, response can also be delayed because of communications problems, not knowing whom to contact, not having the right contact information readily available. An incident response can be ineffective because of poor quality of the information about the event or the incident itself. So any impact on response timeliness and quality of information during an incident can cause further damage to critical assets. So that's the reactive incident response piece. When we talk about incident handling, we talk about then encompassing all the processes that are involved in the tasks that are associated with handling events or incidents. And this includes things like detecting and reporting activity, which may be events or even just network interruptions. So that handling part of it also includes triaging events and incidents to categorize them and prioritize them and then analyze what has happened to ultimately get to the point of what is the appropriate action to take. So 
all of those we consider part of an incident handling process. In our early years at the CERT program, for example, we were very reactive. Uh, we received mail, we answered the phone, uh, we provided information to help the recipient respond. Many teams that we see today start out that way. They're very reactive in their approaches. Uh, very much it was the case in the early days, but the first time somebody even knew that an event happened was when search contacted them to alert them to that fact. So even in our early days, we recognized and realized that we had to get out of this reactive mode. We had to find better ways to get ahead of that curve and not just be in this continuous reactive cycle. And now we move to this whole notion of incident management, um, and management is encompassing a much broader, more enterprise-wide set of processes for providing that end-to-end -end management of computer security events and incidents. This encompasses not only the reactive piece of it, but, but that planning and that preparation for ways to handle events in a very well-thought-out process, a very well-thought-out way, by ensuring that you have staff who are appropriate trained, that you have equipment and infrastructure in place with appropriate defensive measures, such as your IDS and firewalls and AV, et cetera, and that these are installed and that they're functioning the way you think they are, so that when an event happens, these tools are then used to help identify, to analyze, to block, contain, or even to eradicate that malicious activity. Incident management ensures that the incident handling processes are developed and that they're institutionalized across the organization. So everyone knows what their role is. Your staff, your business partners, your customers, whatever. And incident management also takes into consideration that lessons that you learn from handling a previous incident are reviewed and then incorporated into the process for that continuous improvement. So there you have it, incident response, incident handling and incident management and what each of those mean. Well, Georgia, that's a great overview. Given the evolution of how we approach incident response, what do you see being the top trends as we're going into the new year? I see some of the top trends. Well, there's an old ad adage that says it's not if an incident will occur, but when. So what we see is that the, those organizations that are better prepared um, are, are much much more readily able to uh, adapt and to be able to respond to incidents. So the best, the best situation is to, ad to avoid an incident in the first place. But if you can't, then you know, being better able to handle and manage those incidents when they do occur to quickly get back to business uh, is a much better approach. Um, so while we are you know, trying to get ahead of this curve and trying to protect our systems, we know that the miscreants are always out there looking for the next new way to attack um, and the next more complex way to attack, our, to attack our system. And so back in the 90s, we saw the you know, single-threaded script kitty attacks. Um, over the years, we saw those morph into very large-scale targeted attacks using complex toolkits that chain together a series of malicious code and exploits and use command and controlled functionality to launch, launch widespread attacks. We still see those types of DDoS attacks today in the botnets and other malware tradecraft. Going into 2011, there's no reason to think that that's going to change. It's not hard to imagine that the tools being used by the miscreants today 
uh, will be further adapted and will continue to evolve and continue to use even more complex and robust toolkits that seek to avoid detection or seek to bypass the controls that we put in place. And certainly, as long as there are computers that are not fully patched, there will be miscreants who find and use those systems to further their own attacks. So my prediction is that we will continue to see targeted attacks against financial organizations or control systems or attacks against widely used programs and applications, such as the web or social networking um, or whatever the next new technology is that gets um, promoted and uh, comes into the community in widespread use. And certainly, wherever there are unpatched systems, we'll continue to see um, attackers go against those systems. I think we'll continue to see uh, attacks launched for financial gain, for money laundering, for political motivation, for economic reasons. Um, these, in these troubling times economically, I think we'll begin to see more and more insider attacks uh, that stem from uh, employees who are not so happy or satisfied anymore. So things that stem from downsizing or resizing or right-sizing. Uh, so I think some of those uh, will continue to see. Um, some of the other things that I think continue to grow over time are the, the let's call it the professionalism of the attack tools uh, using software development lifecycle principles. Um, we've certainly seen tools that come with you know patches and updates and subscription fees to get the latest and greatest updates to those tools. And then looking for um, tools that are much easier to use um, by, uh, you know, uh, less sophisticated attackers. So we have a whole community of miscreants who are developing tools that can be used um, much easier by, you know, the, the less technically savvy attackers. And, and I think another trend we'll continue to see going into next year is, uh, you know, more social engineering attacks. They'll continue. Why? Because they work. Uh, as we see new innovations in the Internet use, uh, more social networking sites coming online, we'll continue to see more attacks that take advantage of the trust relations that people have between their friends, their colleagues, et cetera. Um, and I think smartphones and other mobile devices and, and the crossing over of those technologies will continue to be a rich environment for attackers to find ways to exploit. This concludes part one of our two-part discussion on incident response. In part two, we'll talk about careers in incident response, including the top skills needed and where one goes to develop these skills. Thanks so much for listening. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field.